Gaurabhakta Vinda 
All the assembled devotees, all the assembled devotees, all the assembled devotees, all the lotus feet of Shishi Guru and Guranga, all the Shishi Shila Prabhupada. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 13, entitled The Behavior of a Perfect Person, Text Number 9. Nayate Ashrama Prayo Dharmahetu Mahatmana Shantasya Samachitasya Bibriyad Uttava Jajet Nayate Ashrama Prayo Tarmahetu Mahatmana Shantasya Samachitasya Bibriyad Uttava Jajet Nayate Ashrama Prayo Dharmahetu Mahatmanaha Shantasya Samachitasya Bibriyar Uttavatyajet Nayate Ashrama Prayo Jahitu Mahatmanaha Jantasamachitasa Vibriyad Uttavas Jajit Nayate Ashramaprayo Matajis Santasya Samachitasya Vibriyad Uttamatsajit Nayate Ashrama Prayo Dhamahetu Mahatmanaha Samasya Samachitasya Vibriyadhatajit Nayate Ashrama Prayo Nayate Ashrama Prayo 
Dhamayetu Mahatmanaha Santasya Samachitasya Dhamayetu Uttavatya Jed Word for word Na Not Yate Of the Sanyasi Ashramaha The symbolic dress With Danda and Kamandalu Praya Almost always. Dharma Hetu, the cause of advancement in spiritual life. Maha Atmanaha, who is factually exalted and advanced. Shantasya, who is peaceful. Samachitasya, who has attained the stage of being equipoised. Vibriyat, one may accept such symbolic signs. Uta, indeed, va, or tiajet, one may give up. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki. A peaceful, equipoised person who is factually advanced in spiritual consciousness does not need to accept the symbols of a sannyasi, such as the tree danda and kamandalu. According to necessity, he may sometimes accept those symbols and sometimes reject them. There are four signs of the renounced order of life. Kutichak Bahudak, Parivrajakacharya and Paramahamsa. Herein, Srimad Bhagavatam considered the Paramahamsas among the sannyasis. The Mayavadi impersonalist sannyasis cannot attain the Paramahamsa stage. This is because of their impersonal conception of the Absolute Truth. Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavan Iti Sabjati. The Absolute Truth is perceived in three stages of which Bhagavan, or realization of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is meant for the Paramahamsas. Indeed, Srimad Bhagavatam itself is meant for the Paramahamsas, Paramo Niyamat Saram Satam. Unless one is in the Paramahamsa stage, he is not eligible to understand the Srimad Bhagavatam. For Paramahamsas or sannyasis in the Vaishnava order, preaching is the first duty. To preach, such sannyasis may accept the symbol of sannyas, such as the Danda and Kamandalu, or sometimes they may not. Generally, the Vaishnava sannyasis, being Paramahamsas, are automatically called Babajis and they do not carry a Kamandalu or Danda. Such a sannyasi is free to accept or reject the marks of a sannyas. His only thought is where is there an opportunity to spread Krishna consciousness? Sometimes the Krishna consciousness movement sends its representative sannyasis to foreign countries where the Danda and Kamandalu are not very much appreciated. We send our preachers in ordinary dress to introduce our books and philosophy. Our only concern is to attract people to Krishna consciousness. We may do this in the dress of sannyasis or in regular dress of gentlemen. Our only concern is to spread interest in Krishna consciousness. Om Ajnana Timarandasya Jananjana Shalakaya Chakshamumilita Munitasma Shri Gurveya Maha Mukam Karotu Vachalam Pangunangaite Girunya Kripata Maham Vandeshi Gurun Dinatarinam Vanchakalpa Trivisha Kripasin Dibya Vatan Patitanam Pavniru Vaishnava Vyuna Bona Maha 
Jaya Shri Krishna, Chaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, Shri Advaita Gadadhar, Shivasari, Gaurabhaktavinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. A peaceful, like reporter's person who is factually advanced in spiritual consciousness does not need to accept the symbols of sannyasi, such as the Tridhana Kamandalu. According to necessity, he may sometimes accept those symbols and sometimes reject them. Hare Krishna. Seeking your blessings. It's been a while. <laughs> so please bear with me. So we are reading the spotless Purana. The Maha Purana Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, which when we meditate on the Bhagavatam as a deity of the Lord, the seventh canto and the eighth canto are representative of the Lord's arms. So when we start studying about Krishna, we do so in a humble mood beginning at the lotus feet. So Canto 1 and 2, discussing Saga and Visarga, we start there and gradually work our way up, not only to the hands, the feet, the smiling face of the Lord in the 10th Canto, and eventually Canto 11 and 12. And in that way, we are worshipping the Lord, the literary incarnation. So hearing and chanting the glories of Srimad Bhavatam is purifying. And as we're hearing in this section of Srimad Bhagavatam, the behavior of a perfect person. The first point, of course, we hear about a peaceful, equipoised person. Now that is very hard to get by these days, being peaceful. And what does peace mean? Right, there are many organizations out there that are fighting for peace, justice, you name it whether it's the United Nations or they want peace, but what is their formula? If we analyze, it may be as good as putting a Band-Aid on or sweeping something under the rug, only for it to erupt later on. As we see, a lot of what happens in the material world is repetitive. Nothing is new in a sense, it's just different flavors of the same thing. Whether it's in the Middle East or in Australia, whether it's a color issue, a political issue, it's the same thing. It all has to do with bodily identification and the desire and want for sense gratification by any means necessary. Whereas we understand from reading the Bhagavad Gita what the peace formula is. Right, right in the second chapter is being mentioned and in the fifth chapter, the peace formula has been given that when we understand actually who the uh, benefactor of all these energies that we're interacting with, when we understand who is in charge of matter, who is the creator of matter and spirit, and what is our relationship um, with that creator, we become peaceful. We do not try to cheat the system, so to speak. The defects of being in this material world means we're handicapped in so many ways. We have imperfect senses. I see a few people here with glasses. Sometimes we have hearing aids. Sometimes we're illusioned. Oh, I think I saw this, I think I saw that. So these are some of the handicaps of the material body. 
but we don't get so agitated by it as devotees, hopefully. We're not agitated with the fact that we have bodily defects. We understand that we do because the Lord has given it here description of what it means to have and live in the material world and how to transcend that as he speaks with his friend Arjuna. So when we connect with the peace formula, when we connect with our source, Krishna, by understanding the energies of the Lord and how we should interact with those energies of the Lord, we actually become peaceful, right? Time is a topic that is discussed in the Bhagavad Gita and also in the Srimad Bhagavatam. And through time, the body goes through changes. Right, we have this beautiful painting. Is it still at Crossways? The one with the changing bodies? Do we still have that painting? In Crossways, yep. So many years ago in Crossways, that painting would always stop. Anyone who walked past, they would stop and look at it. And it would spark their interest. Oh, because it's right in front of you. Yep, I was a little bub. I was a toddler, I went to school, middle age, gray hairs, it's all happening. So it, it piques their interest, their understanding, okay, the body's going through changes. What does it mean? Ignorance really is um, averse to peacefulness. So once you are in knowledge that anxiety is dissipated. So the pages of the Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita elucidate that knowledge of understanding. Yes, you are born. Yes, you will stay for some time, you will expand, produce some byproducts. You will stay in this world, then eventually you start dwindling through old age and then you vanish in the form of your bodies then transformed, as the Christians would say, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But then the driver, the, the real Atma, the non-material self goes elsewhere. And when you have that knowledge, you actually become peaceful. You're not fighting the material energy because it's a losing battle. In our conditioned state, we cannot actually fight the material energy and win. I have never seen anyone who has gone an entire lifetime without becoming sick or ill. Anyone here never had to take medicine, go to the doctor? No? I see different ages. Some gray hairs, old age. And then the final change will be when we change bodies. So having this philosophy to help us understand that these are just stages, these are transformations of the body, not really transformations of the soul. The soul is intact, it is spirit by nature. It does not go through uh, material change. We are just going through different coverings as they pertain to bodily identification. Man, woman, brown, black, white, yellow, father, mother, doctor, chef, Indian, Pakistani, British. These are all but coverings, different identities that we assume from identifying with the material body. And they cause anxiety to some degree. At some stage in your life, they will cause a level of anxiety and they do not bring about peace. But as we learn um, about this peace formula that Krishna is explaining to Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, 
when we understand through the books and the philosophy that this external covering, this machine, we're just using it for higher means, then we are not anxious, oh, it's going to break down, it's going to get diseased, it's going to go through old age, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to my bank account, my house, my investment properties? Really, we shouldn't be getting worried about these things because they are temporary illusions. They are not here for eternity. We are not here for eternity in terms of our physical existence in this world. We're just stopping by as we progress spiritually. So when we take on the peace formula, understanding Krishna as the source of everything and that the we, the living entity, you and I, we are minute parcels of that complete whole. And the part is meant to serve the whole. And the part gets satisfaction actually from, from and enlivened from serving the whole. Then we become peaceful. But to go against the material energy, to go against material time, we will be defeated if we remove Krishna from the equation. If we take Krishna out, we do not have a complete understanding. Sorry. Radio. So the three stages of the absolute truth. We can think of this analogy, the sunshine, the sun surface, and the sun planet. So to have the complete peace formula, we have to understand everything in its totality, not just bits and pieces here or there. So Brahman Paramatma Bhagavan realization. As Vaishnavas, as followers of Rupa Goswami, we have this wonderful philosophy that gets us to the point of understanding Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam, who is the original source, who is the original Bhagavan. Because in some texts I have heard, I haven't read the Puranas, um, sometimes different devatas are referred to as Bhagavan in reference to their service to the Lord, to Lord Vishnu. So sometimes it gets confusing. So Krishna makes it clear in these texts, Shilavya said as, as he was compiling the Vedic texts, he made it clear about the original form of the Lord. And the conclusion is Govindam Adi Purusham Tamaham Badami, that that form of Krishna, he is the origin. He is the original candle. There are many candles that can be burned from an original candle. And that's a, um, an example Prabhupada would use, that Krishna is the origin and from him, many other Vishnu tattvas are coming. So from him, just like a candle, you can use, there's an original candle that can light up all other candles. But Krishna himself being the origin does not get depleted in potency in pastime, in sweetness, although he's the source of all other Vishnus and all other incarnations. So by understanding this point, Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavan Iti Sabjate, there's three levels of realizing the absolute truth. The impersonalists 
are attracted to that Brahman, the impersonal aspect, there's no relationship there. The Paramatma, the yogis, want to realize the Lord within. But the, the, the devotees understand the last word, who is the source of the impersonal Brahman, who is the, so, who is the Paramatma within the heart, and who is the original form who gives the highest pleasure in reciprocation, and that is Bhagavan Sri Krishna. Hence, there's so many beautiful verses composed by Lord Brahma in glorification of Krishna in his original form. So there's no truth superior to Krishna, and Krishna says that in the Gita. Mata parattaram nanyat kinchit asitananjaya maisabam idam protam satimani ganaiva. O conqueror of wealth, there is no truth superior to me. Everything rests on me as pearls are strung on a thread. Everything. Underline the word everything is resting on Krishna. Gravity is rested, that is Krishna's energy. All the elements grows to subtle, they are Krishna's energy. If we go back to Canto 1, Saga and Visaga, that whole creation process, it is actually quite fascinating. If you grew up in the Christian background like I did, you go to Sunday school, you learn on the first day, God created, da 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 da. On the second day, he, I can't even remember how it goes when the birds and the bees and the reptiles, it's a basic understanding that on different days, different entities were created. You open up the Bhagavatam, it goes in depth how the subtle elements, not even the gross elements, how the subtle elements get created. And then the gross elements get created and how the glance of the Lord impregnates the modes of material nature, the living entities enter into the mind. It's just absolutely fascinating, detailed. So all these energies, material and spiritual, they are resting on Krishna. Krishna is the source of everything. He is the seed-giving Father. So when we understand these three stages of the absolute truth, there should be no doubt, there should be no uncertainty that Krishna is the topmost. There's nothing above Krishna. From Krishna, everything else will emanate. And that is mentioned um, in the pages of the Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavatam. So by understanding who Krishna is and his activities, by going through the Bhagavatam systematically, we become peaceful, we become equipoised, because we know our trajectory. We're not in doubt, oh, what's going to happen there's going to be change, or oh, there's another war happening, or oh, this happened to my friend, or oh, how could it be so terrible, or oh, this person, there's such a good person, why bad karma? By studying the words of Krishna, by studying the sacred conversation between Arjuna and Krishna, and by also hearing the narrations of the Srimad Bhagavatam, well, the Bhagavad Gita, that is Krishna speaking. That is the Supreme Being speaking. It's not someone who heard it from this and that, who heard, who heard, and then now they're speaking. It is actually directly Bhagavan Sri Krishna speaking. And in the Srimad Bhagavatam, the literary incarnation of the Lord, Srila Vyasadev had already compiled so many scriptures and still feeling despondent 
was not satisfied in his glorification. And I'm not talking he wrote one or two books, or like four volumes. He wrote a vast literature, and still there was something missing. He was not completely satisfied. And some, to some degree, we can maybe relate to it. You can think of writing your offering to Srila Prabhupada or to the Guru, and you're writing, and you're just not satisfied. You haven't really touched on glorifying the Guru or the representative of the Lord. So you write again. So like this, Srila Vyasadev, under the guidance of his Guru, Srila Narada Muni, went back and now refocused and produced the Srimad Bhagavatam in which the Supreme Lord, the original Bhagavan Sri Krishna is being discussed directly. So it's not an indirect, it is directly discussing Krishna. So now the second point, which when I read it, I was like, oh, okay, how humbling. Where it says this Srimad Bhagavatam is meant for the Paramahamsas to understand. And I was like, well, I'm clearly not a Paramahamsa, so this is not meant for me. But we read deeper, we analyze, and, and a lot of our great fortune and mercy comes through Srila Prabhupada. He has created our good fortune. He has created the mercy for us to be able to indulge in reading Srimad Bhagavatam and related literatures. So the Srimad Bhagavatam is meant for the Paramahamsas. Paramono, paraman, paramo, niyamatsaram, satam. Parama, it is supreme, right? For the satam, for the devotees, niyamatsaram. People of spotless character, pure in heart. I'm not pure in heart yet. Probably a lot of us are not. However, by constant shravanam and kirtanam, we will become pure in heart. The process does work. We're all still here, years later. So by constantly hearing the narrations of Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, we get the qualification to actually understand and realize what's been given in the Srimad Bhagavatam. It is one thing to understand, but to then realize the knowledge that's been given. So we should not feel dissatisfied when we read that Srimad Bhagavatam is meant for the Niyamatsaram, those pure at heart. Our heart, at the moment, it is contaminated by lifetimes of forgetfulness of Krishna. So there's a lot of impurities, hence the Panchatattva. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu descended to give the highest love of God through the congregational chanting. And by constantly chanting the glories of the Lord in Harinam, in Srimad Bhagavatam, our heart becomes purified and cleansed. And we'll taste the, the juice, the nectar of Krishna. So this great blessing of having the pages of the Bhagavatam to hear every day, they should be chanted regularly. Every day we can hear. And it is a humbling experience if you think, if we go back to the first canto and the sages are gathering 
the onset of Kali Yuga is coming, the Lord has disappeared. Everyone is thinking for the benefit of humanity, what should we do to give them something, to give them some Krishna? Krishna has already left, he's wound up his pastimes. How will they get benefited? How will they make some form of spiritual advancement? The sages are gathering to perform thousands years sacrifice. Now, in today's age, the sages in the United Nations or whatever organization, they are gathering for a weekend or two, the G8 summit, G7, discussing matters of great importance for humanity. But ultimately they're discussing matters of great importance for financial gain and greed, corporate greed, and we know the list goes on and on. So it's a very different mentality. You have sages in a different age thinking about the welfare of humanity. And we have Sukadev Goswami repeating, Sutta Goswami repeating this message that he had heard for the benefit of those of us who would be coming in Kali Yuga. And this conversation gets shared in different sections of the Bhagavatam between different personalities, whether it's Uddhava later on, the gopis discussed in the Bhagavatam, Narada Muni narrating it to someone else. So this knowledge is being shared for the benefit of all of us in Kali Yuga. So we're very blessed that actually these sages did us a great service by making sure that we come and take shelter. Krishna is here in the Srimad Bhagavatam. And the first canto, those beautiful verses explain how we can get rid of our anxiety and become peaceful in this world. Because this narration, it is the greatest benefit for humanity. So as we continue reading Srimad Bhagavatam, chanting and serving the Lord, all these wonderful realizations um, will come about by the mercy of Krishna and his devotees. And this last point mentioned about um, how the Krishna conscious Vaishnav sannyasis, their only duty is to preach. Now we're not all sannyasis here, we're not carrying dandas and kamandalus or walking around in COVID, you know. Externally we are not in the renounced order, but in mentality, in character, we can take on that same mood. And a line that has really stood out for me is the very last line. Our only concern is to spread interest in Krishna consciousness. Now, I read this over and over again, and I, I thought to myself, because I like analyzing words, I said, Prabhupada could have just written, our only concern is to spread Krishna consciousness. But he said, is to spread interest in Krishna consciousness. Now we're living in Australia, in Melbourne, you know, and uh, life is good in Albert Park. And if we come with the birth, old age, old disease, and death, and oh, woe is me, you know, everything is hard, material existence, pain, this. Do you know, the people driving in their beautiful cars with their dogs in the front seat, in good health, 
good occupation, financial stability, they don't really see any suffering in their life. So we have to devise means and ways to spark their interest in Krishna. Because they may not see the pain of material existence because they still have their good bodies intact, they exercise, they have money, they look great, they have wealth. It's difficult to see the suffering when your externals are comfortable. So we have to dig deep and see where can I spark an interest. So prasadam distribution, that's always a winner. Where we invite people, we befriend people, they learn about Krishna in different ways. So we devise plans to attract people's interest towards Krishna. And if we think back on our lives, how we became attracted to Krishna, and then, you know, apart from being in India, because a lot of you are very pious, so you heard about Krishna even before becoming devotees. For some of us, not really. So to be attracted to Krishna consciousness was a lot of hard work on the devotees because they had to think hard and devise ways and means to attract our interest in Krishna and really fan that spark. So whether it was like, oh, yoga, I love doing yoga. That was, that was, that's the in. That's the connection. Ah, oh, you like to do yoga? Okay. Connect that to Krishna. Keep body and soul together so you can meditate. But initially, it's the yoga. It's the food. You like to dance? Okay. Bring your djembe. We'll do some kirtan, chant some bhajans. You play the djembe. You like to draw? Oh, you're doing a project. Why don't you do something different? Come to the temple. There's beautiful paintings. There's deities. Draw them. So we have to think of different ways to spark people's interest in Krishna. And once that happens, a relationship is established, you start giving them micro doses of Krishna. Then as they get purified, major doses of Krishna. And we take care of them and then we can see they become peaceful. So wherever people are in the material world, we try to meet them there and spark an interest in Krishna and give them Krishna in a way that they can digest. And you will be surprised, because a lot of people out there, there's this movement of, you know, being an achiever, uh, be a boss, be a boss babe, or a boss dude, whatever they call it. You wake up early, a lot of these professionals, they'll wake up early, they'll hit the gym, they're having their smoothies, they're having their acai bowls, they're having healthy breakfast, they rise early, they take care of their body. So already there, we can grab and connect people. It is good that you rise early. I do that as well. In conversations at work, you bring your food. And I know a lot of devotees, this happens to them. It smells good because it's prasadam. It looks great, it smells good. Oh, what's that? And then devotees start distributing prasadam and then the conversations start, oh, you're plant-based then we start sharing what our plant-based diet looks like. Oh, we don't taste the food as we eat it. We actually do it as a meditation. That is grounds for a conversation that keeps growing. And as you do that, you develop connections, you develop friendships. And when you become a friend to someone, they easily listen to you. They ask questions. Oh, what do you do to stay sane in this world? 
The advantage of Kali Yuga is things are just so crazy at the moment that people need relief. I'm not saying it's a great thing, yay, the world's gone mad, but take a bad situation and you know, turn it into something positive. Because people will ask, you know, aren't you bothered about this happening there? I'm like, it's, it's not the best situation, but then we put it into context. We make them understand the nature of material existence. There's always going to be turmoil somewhere. We cannot solve material solutions with material, uh, sorry, material problems with material solutions. As we have seen, it keeps repeating itself, so we have to elevate consciousness. So in that way, as we speak with people, we start to elevate the conversations and we start to spark an interest. Krishna consciousness doesn't just mean when Sari and Doti Tilak, you should be exactly like this. As Prabhupada mentions, sometimes we send our preachers in normal dress out of practicality and that is something that will um, I've seen it actually changes the mood in in different circles if you come in an Asari and Dodi people think I can't immediately I can't do this they take one look at you and nah, I can't wear that I can't do this they shut down immediately but if they say oh yeah they're wearing jeans and a top oh they, they exercise they go to the gym so that you're actually quite normal and also, what do you do to meditate? Um, mentally, my mind is gone. What do you do? Oh, I do some beaded meditation. I chant a mantra. Then they ask, oh, what mantra do you chant? Teach them the mantra. And I call the same mantra. And so I've learned this the hard way. Like, the same mantra you chant every day. It's been 20 years. And they're like, what on earth? So then they're interested. How do you do this? every day so then you explain this is a mantra it's a spiritual sound that's why it has longevity that's why it is ever fresh it is spiritual in nature so they're like oh that's how you you know you don't go you not you're not clubbing you're not drinking you don't eat carcasses they're just like that's why you look younger someone the other day said i was 25 and i'm like sure i'm 25 but actually i'm not and then i explain it's because i have a lifestyle and then they ask, what is the lifestyle? And then you explain, I eat like this. I chant Hare Krishna. I don't go to these places because X, Y, Z. And if you simplify it, people will understand. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I get troubled if I go clubbing every weekend. Maybe I should stop doing that. I want to be peaceful, get my life back together, be wholesome. So it is possible. We see where people are at and we spread, you know, we, we, we spark that interest in Krishna consciousness. And naturally, the more we hear and chant about the glories of the Lord, the more you'll want to share Krishna. When something is so great, when something is so beneficial to you, it's only natural that you want to share it with someone else. I'm benefiting so much, I would like to share that with the whole world. So that is our only concern, spreading interest in Krishna consciousness wherever we go. And in that way, we are fulfilling that order. We are gradually getting purified, following the peace formula given by Krishna and the Bhagavad Gita, studying the books and understanding the last words, um, 
that Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan Krishna, is the highest, the last word in Vedic understanding. And that will make us peaceful, that will make us pure in heart the more we read and chant the glories of the Lord. And that will allow us to share Krishna with others. And in that way, help Srila Prabhupada in his mission of spreading Krishna consciousness. And that, I think, is a behavior of a perfect person, sharing Krishna with others. So I'll stop there and I'll ask if there are any comments or questions before Sivya. <laughs> You can start. Hare Krishna Mataji, thank Hare you Krishna. for the wonderful class. Mataji, you mentioned that Srimad Bhagavatam is meant for the Paramahamsas. Mm -hmm. But even if we're not a Paramahamsa, by reading Srimad Bhagavatam, we're gradually purified. Mm -hmm. So I would like to ask Mataji, is it like a gradual process? Or is it like an automatic process? Just by reading or hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, will we automatically be purified? Or will it like eventually be, uh, purify us? Very good question. Um, by reading the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam, is it an automatic process? You will get purified right there, or is it a gradual process? The combination of reading Srimad Bhagavatam goes hand in hand with chanting the glories of the Lord. So we can actually, in any moment, we can be purified. It's up to us. But generally, it is a gradual purification for a lot of us. Remember, there's that story um, about the, Sri Prabhupada tells it about the blind man who was relishing, who was given an instruction by his guru to read the pages of the Bhagavad Gita. He couldn't read, but it was an order from guru, so he just grabbed the book, and his meditation was, when he hears, he heard that the Lord was Arjuna's charioteer, and that gave him the ecstasy to appreciate the Lord. So in that stance, he was crying, thinking about that pastime. So it depends on our level of purity. Alongside our hearing of Srimad Bhagavatam is our chanting as well, and our service to the Lord and the devotees. So that combination is what will gradually purify us and bring us to that stage of becoming Niyamatsaram, pure in heart. So it's a gradual process. So it happens over time, or if we're a super advanced devotee, it can happen in any minute. You can attain that pure understanding, that purity. Thank you. Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. Nityam Bhagavata eternal recitation of the Bhagavatam every day. The translation for Nityam was we chant Bhagavatam every day, we hear every day. Yes, Prabhuji. The mic's coming. Hare Krishna, thank you so much for the class. Uh, very insightful. Um, the the sentence that really stuck you was uh, interest spreading the interest in Krishna consciousness. Mm. Um, 
in that sense, you know, you also said we need to be normal when we go out and meet two people, um, not make them shut down. You know. And when I say normal, I just mean we do not overwhelm them yeah. with our bhakti. Because yeah. we can be quite ecstatic, <laughs> you know what I mean? Jai Nitai Go Prem, for them it just sounds like gibberish. They're like, Ooh. That's what I mean by normal. Yeah, but we also see the example of um, when the London uh, temple, mm. uh, you know, the establishment of London temple happened. Yep. The devotees did not actually take up the dress mm -hmm. of the Western living, yep. but they stuck to being as, as much as the devotees as they were in US. Yep. So how do we see this? Uh, because they, I think before um, uh, the devotees went, the three couples went to the London, mm -hmm. um, Prabhupada gave this example of Charlie Chaplin, uh, you know, the, the, the example of uh, his, his dress got worn and then when he went out to perform, everyone thought the torn dress was a fashion, you know. Yep. So Prabhupada gave this example to the devotees to stick, indicating to stick mm. to what they were doing. So how do we see this? Well, we see it as time, place and circumstance. And under the guidance of, you know, the, the Vaishnava, the Guru, the senior devotees, and that time is all circumstantially, if you read a lot of the pastimes with Srila Prabhupada and the devotees establishing the movement, he would empower them. I mean, if you think about three couples just going to London and see what they did, they had so much faith, so much understanding, and Prabhupada gave them that potency. Not that Prabhupada is not giving us potency, but it was a time, place, circumstance. They were establishing um, ISKCON in London. And at the time, because the movement was so young, it was establishing, yes, this is our dress. And 60s, 70s, you look at the world climate, what was happening, there was a change. Like a lot of people were going from being hippies and open and really attracted to Asian philosophy. So vegetarianism, people were moving into monasteries. So people were very open, so it wasn't too radical, like, oh, these Westerners are in Vaishnav where they're, they're chanting mantras. Whereas if you look at the environment now, at the same time, place, circumstance, where you are, judge, judge the circumstance, judge the room. Okay, I'm going to this type of place. How may they um, receive me? So we have to be judged. If you hang out around a place, you you, you'll know the feel for it and what you can and what you can't do as of yet. So according to time, place, circumstance and guidance of course from devotees who have done what you want to do, um, you move forward. Like right now if, you know, it's not advantageous if you go to the what, Yemen or somewhere like that in Sari and we take our drums Hare Krishna Hare Krishna and bombs are dropping. You know what I mean? Or into some places in the Middle East or wherever it is time, place, circumstance, wear pants, or if you're going to China or somewhere, you know, we have to wear karmic clothing. Even some of the sannyasis are aware, time, place, circumstance. So according to where you are, that happens. But back then, under Prabhupada's guidance, that was working, that was fine. 
and different instances when they tried life membership in different places it wasn't working so they tried something else and that worked so you're just a judge you're just judging to see trial and error what's going to work for krishna service okay that didn't work let's try something else thank so you with with guidance and your own intelligence you can figure out okay this is going to work that's not going to work thank you thank you All right, well, thank you very much. Grantraj Srimad Bhagavatam Kijai, Shila Prabhupada Kijai, Sama Veda Bhakta Binda Kijai, Nitai Gaura Primanande Haribo. Right. Hmm? Oh, thank you for coming.
पुरुषा 